0: Well, good morning everyone. It's lovely to be with you. I'm just going to be the sort of warm-up act and then Karina's <laughs> going to take things on really. Um, but we do so appreciate our partnership with St. Stephen's. Um, it's very kind of you to invite us to come and share this morning and uh, we enjoyed hosting a little delegation from St. Stephen's mm. this autumn. It was great to have Jenny and Jackie and Maggie and Roger up with us. We had a great time with them in Derby and gave them an opportunity to see a little bit of what we do. And um, you know that famous verse John 3:16, says that God so loved the world that he gave he gave his only begotten son and as God's people we're to carry that same heart to love the world as much as God does with that same heart and to be a people who give and um, I remember as a teenager about to go off on my gap year, the choir had a bit of a whip round and sent me off on my first missions experience with £70, which was a fortune to me at that time. (laughs) I remember being so blessed. And as a church, you have continued to support us in all sorts of ways over the years, whether that was in Estonia, where we were helping with a church plant, um, and then more recently, our work with refugees and developing upbeat communities as a charity. I hadn't quite twigged this as the end of the liturgical year, but I was looking back over this year, and what a year it has been. A bad year to be a pollster and try and predict anything. It's been a year of surprises, whether that was Brexit or the leadership contests in our own government, and then of course more recently the, the election in America. It's also been a year of some frightful terrorist attacks, and the war just seems to go from bad to worse in the Middle East. And, uh, What do we do in times like this? There's a rather obscure verse in 1 Chronicles that talks about the tribe of Issachar. The tribes were gathering to support King David. And it says of the tribe of Issachar that these were men who understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. What a wonderful challenge to us as God's people today today. Are we going to be those who understand the signs of the times and know the best course to take? We were recently visiting some churches in Thessaloniki in Greece, and they've experienced at least 600,000 refugees pouring through their region, possibly as many as a million refugees. There's 19 refugee camps around them. And the church in that part of Greece is very small, um, and uh, and yet they've been doing what they could. And it was wonderful to see them trying to understand the signs of the times and to do what God would have them do in the midst of that. And they're visiting the camps and um, helping people in a way that they can. But, you know, the church hasn't always been very good at responding to what is happening and taking up the opportunities. I read recently that in 1266... A dusty Marco Polo arrived in Rome from the far east, from China, bearing a most unusual letter. It was a request from the Kublai Khan, the emperor of that vast region of the Mongol Empire across China. And it was addressed to the Pope. And it was a request that went like this. To send 100 priests to teach his people the way of the Christians. In 1266, well, the Pope managed to send two friars who got about halfway, and they got sick, and they went home. Just imagine for a moment how the history of China might have been different if the church had been able to respond to that request uh, 800 years ago or so. And we are living in most unusual days. Uh, I talk to my friends from the Middle East, and they say that Certainly my Kurdish friends, they reckon that most of their Kurdish population are thoroughly disillusioned with the religion that they've been brought up in. They are searching for spiritual reality. They're open to the gospel. They're open for churches to be planted in their region. And yet, how many of our churches are seriously planning to send people to Iraq at the moment? It's very challenging. And uh, we think about the fastest growing church in the world, which, as you may know, is the church in Iran, of all places. And what about all these people arriving in our nation from Muslim lands and yet broken and seeking the love of God? How are we going to respond to the times that we're in? Well, I'll allow Karina to share a little bit about some of the things that we're trying to do.
1: Yes. Thank you. Well, the signs of the times, we had that um, very powerful reading, which always challenges me this morning, um, about. The righteous being those who um, show compassion to those in need, who feed the hungry, look after the poor, visit those who are sick or in prison. And then this strange thing that we're to welcome the strangers or the aliens, that, that Hebrew word is xenon, the same word that we get xenophobia from, the foreigner. Why are we to look after the foreigner who is different to us? Haven't we got enough problems and concerns of our own with the people around us? Why are we called to welcome the stranger? Well, um, the Old Testament as well talks a lot about how God's people are meant to welcome the stranger. Um, in Leviticus 19, I think it's on the next side, it says, The foreigner who resides with you shall be to you as the citizen among you. They should be treated the same as you. You shall love the alien as yourself. For you are aliens or foreigners in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So God felt very strongly that people who arrive as foreigners in our land should be treated the same way as we would treat one another, to really love our neighbor. But why do strangers need special help? Well, I over the last 14 years, we've worked a lot with strangers. And there's distinctive things about being a foreigner or a stranger. One, you have no place often to call home. You've been separated from your family. You don't have that place of belonging. You need someone to invite you in. You're very vulnerable. You don't have social connections. You don't know who to ask to help you. You find it difficult to find work because your qualifications don't matter anymore in this nation. You struggle with the language and understanding and being heard, and people think you're really a bit stupid when actually you might have a degree and a PhD. are um, You have no security. Most of the people we meet have lost their inheritance. They've lost their land. They have nothing to fall back on anymore. And on top of that, they're usually carrying trauma, whether that's emotional, economic, psychological. Why else would you leave your home and your family unless you were really in a situation of desperate need? So foreigners um, have have these particular needs when they arrive in our land. And I always try and think, what would I do and how would I feel if I had to leave my home, my family, my livelihood and arrive maybe with just a bag in somewhere like Iraq or Iran? What would I want someone to do for me? I remember, a lot of you remember when we went to Estonia in 97. We went off on our own in a kind of old, slightly clapped out van. And uh, we were there for about two years. And during that time, I was expecting Isaac, our first baby. And I remember how that felt to be in a foreign land, just starting to learn the language, not quite knowing what to do, and how important it was that people came with me to the antenatal appointments and supported me and helped me understand the system so that I knew what to do. Well, for these last 14 years, we've had the privilege of walking with refugees in Derby. Um, You may know in 2002, we we went to try and plant a church in the center of Derby because we had all these refugees arriving from Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, when we started, we thought, how on earth can we connect with these strangers? We have nothing in common with them. We know nothing about them. And to be honest, we're a bit scared of what we might find. Well, it was about that time, it was Christmas, so we decided we'd been packing up the shoe boxes like you have to send abroad, and we thought, well, maybe there are people arriving in our city that we can welcome. So we packed up some boxes, um, found out some names of, of people who would be happy for us to visit from some refugee organisations, and we knocked on the door. And without fail, every volunteer who went and knocked on that door, everyone from our church plant was invited in, was welcomed, said, we're so pleased we don't know anyone in this city. It's so lovely that you've come. Please stay. Please stay for an hour or two hours (laughs) or three hours because um, we want to get to know you. So that's where it started, really. We started a project called Welcome Boxes, um, and it's kind of rolled on and got bigger and bigger. So we don't just do it at Christmas. We do it all year round, and these are some of our lovely volunteers in Derby. Uh, We pack up people, donate boxes, and then we get the names of people, often um, the, the day or week they arrive in the city. So we arrive at their door, and knock on the door and just say hello we're from welcome boxes we just we're just here to welcome you to the neighborhood and see what we can do to help you. Often it's very funny because we don't understand the language, there's lots of smiles and gesturing. Um, But what we're able to do then, it's not really about the box and what we put in the box, although that's really nice and especially the kids always love it. But it's about the friendship that starts then. It's about starting to walk with those people and invite them along to English or a toddler group, whatever it is that they need. Just this week, um, some of our volunteers visited a young mum, and she had a letter. She hadn't quite realised, I think, that she's going to be induced this weekend. And they went in the week, and she had absolutely nothing ready for this baby to arrive. She had no nothing for herself, nothing for the baby, No, nowhere to put the baby. It was just desperate. And... Uh, Of course, our volunteers, they rallied round, and somebody found a buggy in a Moses basket, and someone will go with her um, to the hospital um, when she's induced this weekend. But I imagine, what if somebody hadn't knocked on her door with a box? She would have gone through having her baby on her own in a foreign land. Another couple of our volunteers um, visited a young man this week. He's 20 years old, and he's from Iraq and the volunteer came back and said, I just need to tell you, this young man told me that his his mother was killed by his father because she was a Christian. And we were kind of quite shocked. We hear lots of shocking stories, but that was really shocking. This young man, 20 years old, had fled, arrived here carrying that trauma and knowing no one. So uh, just yesterday afternoon, our team had a family party and they invited him along to that. It's just about creating a place where people can find friendship and community. And all over the country, people like this are arriving very alone and carrying trauma. Um, About a year ago, we delivered a box to a young man. He was a Syrian who had fled Syria. He was 30 years old. He had worked in telecommunications. He didn't know anyone. And uh, he said before he received a welcome box, he would just sit at home thinking about his nation. His fiancee, who's actually fled in America, and, um, and just feeling desperate. And so for him to be invited out um, has just transformed his life, really. It was very exciting just recently, just last week, we've been able to start employing him as a charity to help welcome Syrians who are arriving. So uh, we're really delighted. So, um, yeah, this is Ashkan. He's actually doing our intern program now as a church and a couple of our volunteers arriving with a welcome box. I think there might be another photo there. If you just move it on. Uh, can we yeah, keep going? Oh, yeah. So in the end, the work kind of grew so big, in the end we set up a charity in 2005 to help us develop the work with refugees, really with three main aims that would welcome people, that would empower them and give them skills. So we do things like employment training. We do lots of English language. And then awareness raising. So we go into schools and colleges and groups um, to explain why refugees are arriving in our city and try and counter some of those negative stories that we get in the media. Go on to the next one. So, we that's where we're based at St Chad's. Um, some English classes, some employment training there. Um, our sewing group, um, and that's going to a school with welcome boxes. So one more, and we have a couple of refugee houses. So we house young men who really struggle to get accommodation, and help them move on in their lives. Um, so that, that's just some of the things we've done over the last few years, but. Um, and there's also, if you go on to the next slide, um, God's just opening up new doors of opportunity. You will have heard about the um, oh, national welcome boxes. So, yeah, we've started sharing our project nationally. So we've trained about 42 churches now in how to welcome refugees. So that's been really brilliant. We love doing that. Um, The Syrian resettlement, you would have heard that the government has said that 20,000 Syrians are going to be resettled in the UK. Um, And just a couple of weeks ago, Derbyshire County Council asked if we would resettle the first 50 Syrian refugees arriving in Derbyshire. So they're arriving on the 29th of November, so our team are running around shopping and and getting things ready. And then finally, you might have heard about some of the unaccompanied asylum-seeking children, particularly who have come from Calais, um, so South Derbyshire have just asked if we would provide support for a house um, full of sort of 16, 17-year-old um, young accompanied asylum-seeking children. So we suddenly feel at a real stretch. These are new areas for us, you know, that we're kind of stepping out into new areas. But we feel that God is just opening doors for us. But what can we do? I think when we look at the crisis around us, we think, what What can I do? Um, Just this week, I had the privilege of going to Lambeth Palace. Of those of you who know Alan and I.O. Morley Fletcher, who are living there, we popped in, had a cup of tea with them. It was really nice. We were there for um, the Christian Funders Awards for our Welcome Box project. Um, But um, Justin Welby, he came to Derby, and when we asked him, what are we going to do about this refugee crisis? He said, well, just do what you can. And uh, obviously, Justin has decided to do what he can, and they've invited a Syrian family to live with them at Lambeth Palace. But just do what we can. I think that's the daily challenge for us. There's a lot of fear around immigration, but God has called us to welcome the stranger and do what we can. So there's a few practical things here. What can you do? Look out for strangers. I think even in this area of Schottemill and Lipkut, you will have foreigners arriving. Look out for them. Think they're probably very afraid to speak to you. So smile, be friendly, don't pass them by. Chat to them in the shops. You might find you make a really good friend. Um, Make what you already do accessible. There's all sorts of things you're doing as a church. And think, how can we welcome someone into our toddler group or our home group or whatever it is that you're doing? You don't have to set up something new. Just make what you're doing accessible accessible. And then get involved. There's all sorts of ways. You can pray, you can fundraise, you can um, tell people about welcome boxes. You can, as a church, if you want to, join the community sponsorship team and sponsor a Syrian family to come and live in your parish. But that's (laughs) Come and talk to me about that if you want to do that. But there's all sorts of small ways that we can welcome the stranger. And what's wonderful is the blessing that we receive. Just a couple of weeks ago, it was my birthday, and somebody appeared at the door with a cake with mine and Adam's photo on for my birthday from one of our Kurdish friends. So generous. Um, but I suppose for, for them, we feel like family. Um, we've been so blessed by the relationships that God has brought into our lives and the way that they've transformed our lives. So it's a blessing to have friends who are foreigners. Um, But I think even more than that, it's a blessing to hear Jesus say, I tell you, um, whatever you do for one of those, you're doing for me. And uh, whatever small thing you do to welcome a stranger, know that actually you're blessing Jesus. And uh, he's really delighted that you've taken that step of faith to cross borders and just say hello to someone who needs a welcome. So thank you. Thank you for what you've been doing in partnering with us because um, what you've shared with us has enabled us to... I don't know, just respond to the opportunities that God's given us in Darby. So God bless you.